You're listening to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com. The fun and games start after this. St. Louis Acura was the number one Acura dealer in Missouri in 2021, and we were the 17th in the nation for Acura sales volume. We sell over 100 pre-owned vehicles monthly, and we service all of the makes and models that we sell. We are waiting for verification of our 30th Acura Precision Team Award, the only dealer in the nation with so many awards for customer satisfaction and dealership performance. We have 300 pre-owned vehicles in stock right now. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you. just got more entertaining it's weekend joe on claims online driven by munganast st louis acura hear from some of the big names in st louis and national sports every weekend and now here's joe roderick and me i'm andy hanselman Hey, welcome on in to another episode of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClavesOnline.com. I'm Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Andy Hanselman. Andy, the weekend is finally here, the one that I have been waiting for. Honestly, honestly, Andy, I've been waiting for this weekend coming up for the last two years. Yeah, someone gave you a clue about it coming to St. Louis, I think, pre-COVID. Oh I, yeah, I've known I've known about this. I've known that the the Rumble was was heading here. It was supposed to be the 2021 Royal Rumble. Uh, that's okay. where the one that was supposed to be here. And although all the dirt sheet pundits were saying, "Ah, it's going to be in Seattle," and I said, "No, it's not. It's it's going to be here." No, oh, it's Seattle. We know. We have people on the inside. All right, whatever. And then sure enough, this one came around. People still said it was going to be in Seattle. I'm like, okay. You know what? You think it's cold here? They're, they were going to have it at Safeco in Seattle. No, that's going to be right here, right freaking here in St. Louis at the Dome. And that's going to be on Saturday. And Andy, I am pumped up for it. I'm very excited about it too, Joe. I'm excited about everything going on this weekend. You have a lot going on this uh, this weekend for it. I will be there with you uh, for that as well as you uh, Friday night, uh, which I believe, I mean, they got to be sold out by now because I saw earlier today it was three tickets available yeah. uh, left for Ric Flair at the O'Fallon Hot Shots. So I imagine those are completely gone, um, but that'll be Friday night. And then Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff um, at the South Broadway Athletic Club with Conrad Thompson on Saturday. It is going to be a hell of a show there. And then, Andy, that's when I head over to Bootleg and Barbecue. And with technical difficulties, the Glory Pro Tag Team Champions, and we're going to be giving away more Royal Rumble tickets. Just as the doors open for the Royal Rumble, I am going to be going there with tickets to give away. Look at you. You're a man of the people. I am a man of the people. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. And then uh, then we're going to make our way over to the Dome and go in there, and we're going to have a, a hell of a time out at the Royal Rumble, the 2022 Royal Rumble. I cannot wait for, uh, and for have, that. And you have a big day uh, on Friday too, Joe, don't you? For oh, I, You know what? Yeah, so tomorrow, I, I don't know when, but I am heading down to the media availability, um, uh, which uh, down by the arch. And I'm going to talk, I'm going to do some, uh, some video interviews tomorrow for, uh, 
for the um, Royal Rumble. I, I don't know the full list of people I'll be talking to there, but we will get some interviews. We'll put them up on Klaibs online and you can enjoy all of those this uh, this weekend. So all of that. And then uh, games on Sunday, football games on Sunday, Klaibs and me and Howard Richards doing a show at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning, wow. a special huddle up with Howard um, uh, edition, AFC NFC championship game edition will be done on Sunday and we're still going to do our picks here, Andy. We're still going to have, uh, still going to have our picks here for the, uh, for the uh, game. And we're going to do this, uh, the normal way. So a lot going on a, uh, a lot going on and then, uh, follow that up with, uh, with, with the week, uh, leading up to the, um, the, the Super Bowl week out in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun, Joe. There's just a, there's a lot of lot of good stuff happening this weekend. And Andy, uh, last week on the show, you uh, you put the uh, the idea in my head that I should go look up some NBA games. Yeah, and not only did we find that the there will be two games that week, the the world champion uh, Milwaukee Bucks are going to be in Los Angeles at the Crypto.com Arena, and they on Sunday they're they playing the Clippers. On Tuesday, they're playing the Lakers. Andy, I think, I think, and I'll have full confirmation of this next week on the uh, on the show. I think I'm going to go to the game Sunday night with uh, with Polo. Oh, are you really? Yeah, <clears throat> your old buddy Polo. Yeah. Uh, so, because I, I, he texted me asking me if I was going to the Rumble, and I said, "Yeah, are you going to be in town for it?" And he was like, no. And I said, oh, okay, good. Because the next question I was expecting him to ask me were if I had tickets to give him, which I don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I said, are you? And he said, no, he's not. And I said, cool. Will you be uh, back home in California in a few weeks from there? And he said, yeah. And I, so I threw it out. I figure everybody out there is our Lakers fans. I didn't think there was such a thing as Clippers fans. I just thought if you were, you know, you couldn't afford Laker tickets, you just went to a Clippers game to see who you liked on the other team. Thought right. that's kind of how it worked out there. Uh, but I said, hey, I, you know, Sunday, I think I want to go to the Clipper game. Uh, what are you, you up for that? And he was like, I love the Clippers. I've been a Clippers fan my whole life. And I was like, oh, huh. shit. <laughs> All right. Cool. I said, okay. Great. So, uh, so I was like, let's uh, let's do that. So that was the uh, that that's the plan to uh, to do that with him, and then I, I should have a more filled out guest list next week too uh, for who we have Super Bowl uh, week. I, I am working on that list now. I'm up to around 15 names or so for that, and I can tell you this: I am not going to um, kill myself over over booking people. I'm I'm going to try to stick with some uh so, some good name guests and not uh, not overdo it and not overwork myself that week yeah you uh you tend to end up with a lot more interviews than what you really need that's you see though but in the past like there have been years like when i was when i was doing you know 15 hours of radio a week you need 50 to fill all the time sure and when you're, you know, promising a certain amount of things to sponsors and whatnot, you, you need that. So in years past, it was needed. This year, it's not. This year, we're, you know, we're, we're going for, you know, what content people are actually going to care about on the uh, on the show. Right. So that's uh, that is what the plan is for uh, for this year. And uh, we will uh, we will go from uh, 
from there with that. Andy, before we get into uh, some baseball Hall of Fame discussion that I wanted to get into, before yeah. we get into um, the, the NFL picks and, and everything else that I that I had planned for the uh, for the show today, we are going to welcome onto the show now uh, John Marisek. And look at him; he's right there, Andy. Hi, John Marisek. Your hair is atrocious. <laughs> Isn't it obnoxious? <laughs> it's terrible. Like I want to hang up. Terrible. This that is odd. The thing is, the thing is, the video of us talking about this right now is just going to be audio only. Like nobody is going to see what my hair looks like right now. Like that's. But I, I almost I have to. Yeah, I, I mean, I almost wore a wife beater to do the show tonight, and then I thought, now just I'll actually put a T-shirt on, so Andy doesn't have to look at that for the whole show. I have to see it every single week, John. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's I just, you know, and it, it just so doesn't bother. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it's, you know, people, it's, it's a nice head of hair. It's, you know, both your wives would be jealous of what I'm working with here. Oh yeah. Thrilled. All right, I'm gonna uh, leave it like blocks. that. I'm gonna screen grab it like that. There we go, and then go we're right gonna ahead. send it to Stacy after this, and I'm gonna get her thoughts on it. <laughs> we get a second one there. That one's better. It's all right. All right. I could just go. take a She's selfie gonna... and send it to you. I, I could do that. <laughs> no, this is more fun. This is more fun. <laughs> what do you, John? It's a, we're recording. A, we're recording Weekend Joe, um, one of the more most popular shows on ClavesOnline.com. Oh, without question. Um, each each and every week, um, and I, I have to you know I have to check the numbers. Possibly the most popular show on uh, ClavesOnline.com. He's out in hey, the, he's on a cruise somewhere. He's not listening to this shit. John, so I can say he what doesn't I want. know how to check the numbers anyway. <laughs> that's that's also a uh, that's also a, he called me. Claves called me this morning. And I told him, I said, I don't want to know where you are, right? He goes, hey, what's what's going on back there? And I go, before we start, I said, I don't want to know where you are right now. He goes, I'm out at the sea. I go, yeah, shut up. I said, it's snowing here. He goes, oh, really? That's too bad. Hopefully it's raining. <laughs> He's John asked, so distraught. <laughs> John, ask Joe if we still do crack slippers. <laughs> I'm sure you do. It's like his gimmick. Yeah. We do. Yes. It's, yeah. It's every, yeah. Right. <laughs> I love crack slippers. I mean, Rich Rich Gold was in his car before the uh, before before the top of the hour, <laughs> and uh, I do crack slippers. That's that's how things work in this town. Nice, <laughs> John. Uh, Sitting their car for the show. Yeah, John. I uh, I invited John because it is Royal Rumble weekend. Um, I, I don't know if you knew this, but Andy is getting to work side by side with both of uh, Dave Green's shows this weekend. He is the audio technician for both of those shows. Dave Green, who hates wrestling, is the king of wrestling now. Yeah, he is. He's Mr. Podcast. And he <laughs> he's he's running both of those. Andy, I gotta add, Andy, how, what is your because I know you're not a huge wrestling fan, but you were back in the day. What is your excitement level of getting to meet Ric Flair tomorrow? I'm pretty pumped about it. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. I'm not as excited as some people. Right. But I'm pretty excited about it. You know, it's, I I don't get I don't get starstruck too much anymore. Um, never never really have. But uh, I'm 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 pretty pumped about this. I'm kind of looking forward to getting my picture taken with him. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, that'll be 
that'll be awesome. And then his uh, his show tomorrow night, and then and then um, and and then you get to hang out with uh, with Bischoff and Jarrett at uh, a Conrad show on Saturday, which yeah, I think the, that too. the crowd for that one, John, you've been to a Conrad show. The, the crowd for those gets really riled up and it's a, uh, it's a hell of a time at those things. Yeah. And that's super fans. And they're, they're there to hear stories that they've never heard. And they're, yeah, they're fun. They're fun. They're good. They're good events. And uh, it's, it's an incredible thing when you think about, you know, where, Conrad Thompson is a guy who just did mortgages and then Ric Flair and him did a show that was terrible. And then he brought, he paid Bruce Pritchard to come and tell stories to him and his buddies. And it's turned into a mega business of pro wrestling podcasts. And it's, I don't know if it's scary or if it's just really cool or both that the most successful, one of the arguably the most successful things in wrestling right now are podcasts about the late 80s 90s and early 2000s it's bigger and more entertaining to some than the actual programs that are on it's and the just yeah we were saying talking about numbers earlier just the numbers that those do and what we know of the numbers they do i mean i knew what the numbers were that that the show that i did with animal and i i still to this day can't believe what they were and those weren't even touching what what the what conrad's doing with uh with this stuff and it's it's just incredible what they are what, what they are able to do so those are the two pre-shows and then uh and then it is rumble weekend i'm seeing and john uh you're gonna love this i know all the dirt sheet writers are uh i've made their way Shut into up, town do rumors uh, oh great i know that That's i know good. that i no, just i just gonna... i'm t- I'm just telling you they have made their way into uh into town. So wonderful. Yeah. That's great. Who else here? Yeah. Who else here? I saw Ryan Satin's here and Sean Ross Sapp. They're both here. Who are those guys? Very nice. They they're just I mean they're they're insiders. They write about the uh they write about the ins and outs and the, some of the rumors and whatnot. I have unfollowed all of the rumor sites on Twitter because I don't want to see what's going to happen. I I've already seen stuff on accidents for for that and i hate that i've seen it but i'm just gonna sit there off my phone the whole show and if if things happen they happen i'm I'm not going to sit there and expect anything this is definitely the show you don't want to read a single spoiler or rumor or possibility because it's either going to ruin it or it's going to disappoint you and there's so many possibilities in this show it's and andy you don't even have to be a big wrestling fan you could go to this show and get all wrapped up into it not even realize that you're all into it it's it is probably my favorite of all their pay-per-views, and that includes WrestleMania. I've watched a few Rumbles over at Joe's house, and I've, I've always enjoyed it pretty much the most out of any of them. Maybe Money in the Bank is pretty good, but, but, the, but the Rumble is, mm-hmm. uh, is always one of my favorites. The, my favorite one, I, this, I think, God, I think I was living in Macomb when, uh, when this happened. I think I was working and living in, uh, in Macomb the year the rumble it had to have been the 2009 rumble i i guess when uh when this happened but the one where john cena was the uh was the 30th man in the rumble and that was like 4 yeah. months after he tore his pec <laughs> where where most people that would take them out for a year he's uh, he's not human he came back in a just a ridiculous amount of time and that was at the garden too so just the yeah, the ovation that there was for that or listening. And that's what last year's missed 
was the fact that you didn't have the crowd there going nuts when a big name returned. Just go back and look at when Edge made his return uh, two years ago uh, in Houston. And when that music hit and how everybody just went crazy for it, uh, that's that's what you're going to get at the uh, at the Rumble this year. When there's going to be somebody in the men's side that their music's going to hit and everyone's going to go crazy. I think there's going to be a few on the women's side that that's going to happen with. I think you're going to get that yeah. a couple times uh, on the women's side, just knowing who's not currently wrestling, who's been out for a while, and possibly the one name, the one rumor that's out there that might be coming back. Yeah, dude, that's when I turned everything off because I accidentally saw that on my on my phone when I turned busted open on this morning. I was like, damn it, I can't listen to this for three more days. It's great. Yeah. So yeah, no, I agree. It's 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 almost as though and they've almost like they've held at least two of them back for this that that moment. But yeah, it's I'm most looking forward to those to the countdowns and not just the the returns or the surprise of the currents, but getting a chance to see the uh, the nostalgia acts that'll be part of the festivities on both the women's and the men's side. That's uh, they didn't used to do that. Now part of it is they didn't have to do that you know, in the, when, as this event got started, but it really does add a fun element because you don't need 30 current stars in there. Nobody wants to see someone who has absolutely no shot who is weighed out on the card when you could bring someone back who people will just be excited to see come on out there. You'd much rather see somebody you want to see, even if, if you know they're not going to win, as opposed to somebody you just, oh, good, they're here. Lovely. Is the rumor, is it RR? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I, she's been active on Instagram this week, so I figured that maybe something was going on. I, I yeah, do like uh, because do have... go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, John, you've uh, you you've been posting a lot of pictures this week. You were um, your your company, Fast Signs of Bridgeton, was uh, responsible for making the uh, the street banners that are up all around downtown St. Louis around the dome for that. So I, I do at least uh, like that they have not put anybody up there who is not an active wrestler. So as to not spoil anything like that. Yeah, and I think it's. I... These types of things I'm always fascinated by because it says a lot about where you are in the company when they're going to spend money to put your face all over the branding of the event and seeing Liv Morgan have a banner and seeing the Street Profits have a banner. I mean, to me, those were like, wow, that's that's a pretty big deal. And they've had some success and and they're young in that stage of it. But it says a lot in Punishment Martinez having one. I know he's a champion, but still, you know, th those people who are up on those banners. Those are, those are the icons of the company. Those are the most important players in this company. I think it's pretty neat to see those too. And then I, I agree with you just that there's no hints of anything. And you and I try to read into everything that we see without having to look at rumors, but I'm looking at those banners and like, you know, other than seeing that those, these, this group of people are very high up in the opinion of the company, I can't base or, or guess anything based on what we saw in those things. I one thing I do like, and this is kind of this, this is comparing WWE to other companies. When you see the amount of work, or you see just the 
professionalism in, in some of these pictures and the way that these guys are portrayed as characters more than they are portrayed as wrestlers. I, I think you look at AEW and you look at some of the pictures they have and just they're, you know, old school wrestling pictures. It's just the guy there, shirt on, shirt off, whatever, looking like he's ready to fight. And then Andy, what you have to do, you have to see the picture of Seth Rollins. Like when you're downtown, just look at <laughs> I mean, not only it's is this character. Did I put that on there? No, I don't have You that probably one. did, but it, just the, send it to him. The, the level of how much of a character Seth Rollins is right now. And it's more, I mean, his wrestling has always been off the charts, but now he is just so over the top and how ridiculous he is. And the, the picture of him, it's Andy, the, the banner is 90% chest hair. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's a banner that's eighty-four inches tall. That is a seven-foot banner with about four and a half feet of chest hair. <laughs> it's so terrible. I mean, him Seth and Drew entire both. It's a significant amount of chest hair on the banners. Seth Rollins has always been over the top with the greasy hair for me. I mean, that's always kind of turned me off. So uh, to to see the the greasy hair and the chest hair, that's. Uh, that's amazing, Andy. I just I, I just sent you the a text of what the what the picture looks like for uh, for that. So it's uh, you can you can see what, <laughs> and also his name is now also Seth freaking Rollins too. It's yes, they, he's the only one who got a nickname. Nobody else got one. They've added that into <laughs> his name. Yeah. It's just so no one got it. The tag, the tag teams didn't even get their tag team name on the banners. They, they did their individual names on the banner. Uh-huh. No. So it says Matt Riddle and Randy Orton, not RK yeah. bro, which is a wonderful name to have on there. But it, it, everything, everybody is the like, fact that Jay they didn't Uso have and Jimmy Uso. The fact that they don't have a uh, a specific banner just for Randy Orton too is a little surprising since it's in St. Louis. Well, that's because he's in a tag team. You still give the man his own banner. How how loud? I mean, no, this is we have heard we have heard loud ovations. We have heard loud ovations for Randy Orton throughout his entire career. And this Saturday is going to be I mean, every other time it's been twenty thousand people in or, or less. This time, I mean, you're looking at what fifty thousand that are going to be sixty thousand. They're probably looking. They're trying to get to. So as of what, like three or four weeks ago, they were at twenty nine thousand. Maybe it was about a month. Maybe it was into December. They were at twenty nine thousand. So if they can get close to forty, I think that if if you're right around forty, I think it's a tremendous turnout. You know, this is the kind of event that. And every WWE event, mega event, relies in some cases on on you know people traveling and international travel specifically. And you don't have a lot of international travel, and you don't have a you know the, the amount of people that would maybe travel to a Rumble or to a Mania. Uh, they're not necessarily traveling, whether that's you know things in their life situations change in the last two years, or just there are still people who aren't comfortable going to an event. So I think if you can get forty thousand, that's why it's ambitious to try and do two nights in a one hundred thousand seat stadium down in in dallas i don't know how in the hell they're going to get close to that but that would explain why you're trying to bring every big gun you possibly can back to try and sell tickets and it also too it hurts that there's no friday smackdown or monday raw also in st louis so you're not mm-hmm. getting that you're either right. 
Well, there's also no NXT show. Right. So there's a lot of stuff that working against, but still 40,000 is is 40,000. So Raw is not at Enterprise Center on Monday? No. Oh, wow. No, it's tomorrow. I don't know if it's because I don't know if it's St. Louis related or what, because I, I know that their plan pre COVID was that every major four pay, all the big four pay-per-views they were going to do that. And that was the thing with the, the move to Friday, it was going to be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday for all four. And the business has just changed so much over the last two years. I don't know if that's something they're just getting away from for the big four and just keeping it a WrestleMania, maybe SummerSlam thing. I'm not, not sure what the plan is. I have, I don't know what the plan is for Nashville in, in August or July, I guess. And it, you know, ticket sales for them have been tough at events. Like they're not selling raws out. They're not getting 10,000 people for raws. So maybe that factors into it, that there's a little nervousness of putting multiple events, especially one as expensive as the Royal rumble is to attend in a, in any kind of a city, but especially, you know, a mid market, uh, type city and they're experimenting with the saturday night pay-per-view and seeing how this works and maybe it's just this is the first time they're going to do one on saturday that is that is not new year's day and see what happens yeah and you you have the day to yourself too there's nothing else going on in the uh mm-hmm. in there john do you want to make a prediction before we let you go on who uh who you think wins on sunday i have no idea who's going to win the women's unless Bailey comes back and then I would put, I would say her Uh, in the men's Brock wins it. Really? Yes. Brock wins and picks Roman. So you're telling me he's going to get Bobby. Okay. I, I don't. I mean, I. I don't know. I. I don't think. I don't want either one of the champions to lose their belt. I want them to go into WrestleMania with the belt. I don't think that's the direction they're going, but that's still what I want to see. I don't. I just. I feel like that makes sense because I just think right now there's not a single man in there that would not be. That that isn't going to be in the main event of WrestleMania. So I don't think it matters. The point what is, you got to get win. to Brock and Roman at WrestleMania. So, which belt is the most important belt in the eyes of the company? Right. It's the Universal belt, not the WWE Championship. Drives me nuts, but that is where we are. And you don't want to have champion versus champion going into that event. Those that doesn't work unless you're going to unify the belts, and you know they're not going to. Yeah. Well, John, I will. Uh, I will see you on uh, on Saturday for oh, the no. uh, for the event, and are we will. Gonna, uh, we will. Are you yeah. gonna, Are you going to pick it now? Or are you Are you doing yours later? Or are you going to tell me who you who you think is going to win? Or are you just okay? Pick? I think. I, I, okay, I think. I think Ronda Rousey wins the women's. I, I think that's what happens. I think she comes back, and I think she wins the women's, and we get Rousey, Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch as the uh, the night one main event at uh, at WrestleMania. For the uh, for the men's side, I I mean I I guess I don't want to say I mean Drew would be my pick, but I don't know where he is health wise right now. I think maybe you go Orton just for the pop. I I don't know. I have no idea on the men's side. I don't I don't know what, the winner, what direction to go. The, the winner's a title shot at WrestleMania. 
So if you want Brock and Roman in there, so now you're going to have a third guy that has to be in there because they've There's earned two that belts. shot, or you're going to find There's a way to take that away. You, I mean, who who do you get to face? You could have somebody face Lashley, and you could also waste that and well, have them use use their title shot in Saudi Arabia. I don't know. I'm no, I have no exactly. idea on the men's. Well, yeah, but see, there's the thing. So now they have the stupid elimination chamber in Saudi Arabia because the, the 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 prince wants the elimination chamber. So now that's in there, which wasn't in there two months ago. But now that's a problem. A good problem for them because they're getting paid. But that's another that's another thing that has to be figured out. So yeah, I I have no idea. I have no idea on the men's. I'm going Rousey. I'm going Ronda Rousey for the uh, for the women's side of it. I'm gonna go with that, that's what's so exciting. There's, there's. I'm sorry, Andy. That that's what's exciting about this is among the current roster, it's not easy to say. Well, for sure, it's going to be that person. And usually, there is a one or two that you could say. But the fact that we could sit here and go, well, it could be this, could be that. I have no idea. That's awesome. That's why I'm so excited. Won't read a damn thing. I have no, uh, I have no educated guesses to make except for I think the Miz is going to win it. Nah, he's not in it. Yeah, he's uh, he he has a match. He and his wife are facing Edge and his wife. This says he's in. No, he's going to be at the Royal Rumble. He's not in the match. He oh. very well could be, but I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, all right, well, I'll There's go uh, Dolph. Z- I'm gonna go Dolph Ziggler. All right, John. Thank you so much for stopping by. We'll see you this weekend. See you, boys. Bye, John. This is a go, John Marisek uh, joining us here on uh, on weekend. Joe, uh, NFL picks still to come later on in uh, in this first part of the uh, of the show. Andy, I did want to get into some baseball uh, discussion, and yeah. I'm very much looking forward to uh, talking this over with Claves on Monday's lunch show because I uh, I haven't well I haven't talked to Claves on the lunch show in the last two weeks now. Howard Richards filled in this last week, Jay the uh, the week before that. But this past week, baseball came out with their 2022 class, uh, Hall of Fame class, and announced who was going in. Uh, David Ortiz, first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, Scott Rowland was about 10% short, but is trending upwards, continues to trend upwards, and looks like he will eventually be a Hall of Famer. But the big story is Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens both falling off the uh, off the ballot as they were on for uh, 10 years and will not be members of the Hall of Fame unless they are voted on by one of these subcommittees right. that are out there now, which I, I hope in the, in the near future that does happen, because if the Hall of Fame is supposed to recognize the greatness that was if you're going to have big poppy in there who did test for positive for steroids right you uh you, you can't you can't just overlook that and put barry bonds and not put barry bonds in there who technically never did test positive for steroids right i i agree wholeheartedly it's um you know uh Derek gould had a couple of real good pieces on it as a you know as the voting member or one of the voting members from st louis uh, he's also he's he said that he's on one of those committees. It's, it's him and a, it's him and a few veterans. I, I think it says more that your peers would vote you in rather than the sports writers who have now turned to or the the guys tasked with electing members to the Baseball Hall of Fame are, are now sending in blank ballots. There were six turned in this year. Six blank ballots. And that's, uh, you know, if you can watch baseball and say that nobody on that list deserves to be a Hall of Famer. You're an ass. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, you're not the, you're, you're not the moral police here. 
nope. to sit there and do that. And if you really truly, and that's, I, I saw this statement the best that if you want to sit there and you want to say that Barry Bonds should not be a hall of famer because he cheated and because he had advantages that made him better than everybody else, you cannot in the same breath say, yeah, well, you know what, Scott Rowland, eh, he, you know, he wasn't good enough. He he should have been, you know, who played against those same people who played right. against the people that use performance-enhancing drugs that you are saying went out of their way to elevate their skills and make them better. You could not in the same breath go, ah, you know what, Scott Rowland should have been better. Yeah. If, if he's playing against performance-enhanced players, then damn it, he did all he could the right way to be the best he could and put up Hall of Fame numbers. Yeah, you're exactly right. And and then to vote in a guy like David Ortiz who did test positive and to still sit there and say that Barry Bonds doesn't deserve it when the stat that I love that I've seen this week is that you could take all of Barry Bonds' home runs Yes. Every one of them and turn them into flyouts. And Barry Bonds still has a higher on base percentage than David Ortiz. Otherwise, OPS. No, on base percentage. Um, okay. I yeah. thought it was I thought it was I thought I read that it was OPS. No, yeah, uh, on I base percentage, that. yeah. His on base percentage would be 384 if you turned yeah. all of his home runs into outs, where David Ortiz's on base percentage for his career was 380. Yeah. That's how dominant of a player Barry Bonds was. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw the video this week of the time that Buck Showalter and the uh, and the Diamondbacks yeah. walked Barry Bonds with the bases loaded. Yeah. Up by two runs in the ninth inning. Yeah. And the look on Barry Bonds' face is just turning to going, are you effing kidding me? Right. It's just, it's, it's, you know, we will, the, the Barry, what Barry Bonds did, how dominant of a player he was performance enhancing drugs or not. He, he deserves to be in the hall of fame. He was the first 400 home run, 400 stolen base guy, which I still think he is the only 400, 400 guy in baseball. And he did that before. Before he was accused of being on steroids. Yeah, yeah he did. Uh, Barry Bonds was always one of my most favorite players to go see at Bush Stadium when, from the from the visiting teams. Uh, him and Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn was just incredible. Got a hit every time he was up, pretty much. That's, uh, I, I, I'm sure I saw Tony Gwynn at some point. That's not one that I remember seeing. Eric Davis was always a lot of fun to watch, too. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Tim Wallach from the Expos was a lot of fun. I don't remember that name. Yep. He I think I remember the, that name. I couldn't tell you where he played or what he played or anything he like was that. Kind of the, he was he was their star third baseman. Yeah. He was a, he was a, and he was a perennial all star. Awesome, a fun player to watch back in the eighties. Well, uh, hopefully here soon we have actual baseball to uh, to sit and talk about. Wait. With uh, right. with on field stuff, and we can get into all that. Like I said, I look forward to hearing Claves' thoughts on the uh, on the Hall of Fame class of 2022 when uh, when we have the show on Monday with uh, with him. Uh, but I, I saw next year's list that uh, that's coming out. It's there, there's nobody on 
that this list that really just jumps off the page. Isn't A-Rod on that list? I didn't think A-Rod was on uh, the uh was on the list next year. Here are your 2023 Hall of Fame eligible players. Carlos Beltran, Francisco Rodriguez, K-Rod, not A-Rod, K-Rod. Uh Jared Weaver, R.A. Dickey, Matt Kane, John Lackey, Andre Ethier, Jason Worth, Bronson Arroyo, Jacoby Ellsbury, J.J. Hardy, and Jahani Peralta. Oh, part of the Tom Brenneman uh, club of aces yeah. in the real place. Uh, the only name that really stands out to me is Beltran. That is. Uh, I, you know what? When I think of, when I see Bronson Arroyo's name, he's one of those guys that I am always surprised never ended up a Cardinal at some point in his career. It seems likely, right, that he would have been wearing, yeah. the, birds, wearing the birds on the bat at some point. At some point. At some point, they would have needed him at, at a trade deadline just to get innings at, at the end. Like like the same way with John Lester, J.A. Happ. Just at, at some point that Bronson Arroyo would have come in here and, and threw a few innings, had a few at-bats that that were memorable at Bush Stadium, and then played the guitar in the locker room. Like that's that should have yeah. been... Uh, you know, we, we should have had that part of Bronson Arroyo's career at some points. Bronson Arroyo spent his entire career in Cincinnati. No, God, no. He was a, uh, he ended up, I thought with the, the Red Sox. Um, and I want to say that he, I want to say Diamondbacks. I feel like at some point, I feel like he was with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a. Uh, so he started off with the Pirates from 2000 to 2002, then was with the Red Sox from 2003 to 2005, and then the Reds from 06 to 13, and then the Diamondbacks in 14, and then the Reds in 2017. Okay. So he was he was all over the place. Yeah. For some reason, I guess he just when you saw him as often as you did on as often as the Cardinals play the Reds, it just made sense that he was a, a Red for a long, long time. So yeah, I, I, I remember his, his, I remember his Red Sox days. I, I remember, I remember when he was, well, he, hell, he was a, he was a Red Sox when, uh, when the Red Sox won the World Series and beat the, uh, the Cardinals in the World Series in 2004. Yep. So I, the man, uh, the man won a World Series with uh with the red Sox, so yep. he uh, yeah um but then then was with the reds for for a long long time and I, I just i briefly remembered him being on that diamondbacks uh on that diamondbacks team i don't remember anything memorable about it but i remember he was he was there but yeah not the uh not the greatest class uh coming up in, in next year but that's that's good for a, a scott Rowland. is beltran a first ballot hall of famer to you <sighs> he should be I think he should I, be too. I think he should, but how much are voters going to hold the Astros cheating stuff against him? Right. And that's, that'll that's gonna be, be, that's yeah. going to be a deal as well. And if, but I mean, we're, you know, we've been told how many times to not worry about it. They, they all got punished, you know? Yep. So how, um, you know, how, how will that be seen with that? So that's, uh, that's your next year class. Hopefully Scott Rowland finds his way in there for uh for that andy um it is time now for our our last i guess this is this is our last time that we are going to be doing our nfl picks here on the show it's time to hit the music it's been a great run this year joe it's been a great run 
It hasn't been. It's been a, uh, I, I have struggled in the playoffs. I struggled down the stretch. And uh, quite frankly, uh, it's it's pretty embarrassing where I have uh, where I have ended up, Andy, over these uh, over these past few weeks. Very embarrassing. As, it happens, uh, Joe. It, it, yeah. It happens by the way, our picks, our picks, brought to you by uh, Triken Consulting and Kevin Miller of Caldwell Banker Gundaker Triken Consulting. They are the area leader. When it comes to those pre-employment background checks, that's Triken Consulting. Dr. Thomas Trice, uh, it goes, just goes above and beyond. Uh, the company, more than 50 years combined experience that your agency can be certain that the uh, that your candidate uh, that you are going to hire has been fully vetted. They currently conduct background checks for more than 25 government agencies throughout the metro area. And they work with more than 15 law firms to assist them in those investigations. You can trust an industry leader in conducting hands-on background investigations. Triken Consulting. That's T-R-I-K-E-N.net. T-R-I-K-E-N.net. And I am so sorry to Dr. Thomas Trice if he's listening because, Andy, I am in dead last place. And um, he he expects me to, uh, to, to bring him results. He expects a much better uh, win loss record than uh, than what I have uh, what I have put forward this year, and I'm uh, pretty embarrassed uh, with, uh, with what has transpired over the last few weeks. Andy, I am I'm in dead last place. I went 0 for four last week with my picks, and therefore I have no chance, no chance of winning the uh, the picks this uh, this year. I, I am the only one that has been eliminated from the uh, from the picks. It's really too bad, Joe. I know you had you had a great run this year, and I was, uh, I was in. First, I, I think at, at some point, I think we all have been in first place at one point or another. I feel. Well, like. I think we have two. I think we have two. It's uh, but it's it's embarrassing. It's it really is. Uh, right now, Frank Cusimano has somehow just taken over first place. He is fifty four and forty eight on the uh, on the year. Howard Richards and you, Andy, fifty three and forty nine. Brian Hoffman and Claves fifty two and fifty, and I am at. 50 and 54 50 and 54 Andy at one point I'm going to scroll up here I'm going to see the last time I was in first place I was um I was in first place Andy uh it looks like during the um I'd have to see whenever the Chargers played the Bengals I was in first place that week at 35 and 32 I was 35 and 32 at one point and the uh on the year and it's all just come uh come crashing down and i am now yeah 15 and 22 uh in my in my last pick so not uh not great on the uh on the year uh claves will be giving us his picks coming up on the show on sunday and i am i'm very interested to see where everybody is going with these uh, with these picks this week, I feel like we're going to get a lot of the same. I don't know if there's going to be much movement in the uh, in the picks. So I already see, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm eliminated. So I'm just picking against what everybody else is picking this week. Oh, okay. No, no F's given on uh, on my picks this year, Andy. You still have a chance, so you could still take it somewhat seriously because we are going just two games: AFC NFC uh, Championship games. We start with the AFC game. That's the first one on the schedule. Bengals at the Chiefs, Andy. Uh, Burrow versus Mahomes will come down to which team 
will make more big plays in the passing game and run the ball effectively when needed. Although Mahomes will be up to the task of putting up more big playoff numbers, Burrow is a worthy adversary. And the Bengals come in playing better overall defense, including forcing key takeaways. Kansas City will do its best to get pressure to that to thwart Burrow, but that's its only defensive asset. Cincinnati, Joe, could pull off another shocker and advance to super, advance to the Super Bowl for the first time since 1989. Joe, I go with your Cincinnati Bengals. Wow, Andy, that can uh, that can do some wonders for you if uh, if Joe Burrow is able to pull it off because Brian Hoffman, Howard Richards, and Frank Cusimano they've all gone with the Chiefs, which is probably the smart pick. If I was picking for real here, and I believe I that's what uh, somebody asked me earlier this week. Uh, Ten bucks to put on it. Who you betting on? Which I don't know. Is gambling legal in California? Uh, it is, I believe. It is. Can I bet stupid shit on my phone while I'm there all week? I think so. God, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet some stupid shit then. Well, I'm out there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a lot of prop bets out there, and bet some dumb NBA games that I'm at. Uh, but anyway, Andy, uh, Hoff, Howard, Richard, Frank, who's They all went chiefs. I'm going Bengals just because, uh, because I didn't think anybody else was going to go Bengals. I'm going Bengals. And, I don't, uh, I, I somebody, somebody asked me if I had 10 bucks to bet who I'd bet on. And I said, chiefs, I'm like, they're the smart pick. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I know the chiefs have improved, uh, since their play earlier this season, but I just, I, I don't think that they are the chiefs of, uh, 2020. Next up, Andy. It's uh, supposed to be uh, a game at SoFi Stadium, which should be a home game for the uh, for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. But no, it looks like it's going to be more uh, more 49ers fans in the crowd. Once again, the same way it was just a few weeks ago, Andy, um, it, it looks like it's um, that the, the San Francisco faithful, the team that has been in California for much, much longer, is the team that's going to... Uh, show up for the uh, support their team 49ers at SoFi Stadium against the Rams who are in another conference championship game the 49ers have a great handle on this matchup for a reason their key personnel and overall philosophy is more effective than what the Rams try to do to them Stafford is the better overall QB than Garoppolo but the defensive scheming will affect him more than Garoppolo the 49ers can win on special teams and make a clutch, unexpected play. Samuel and Mitchell are key in the running game while Los Angeles doesn't run enough to help Stafford. Joe, I go with your San Francisco 49ers. Man, you are going against the grain once again, Andrew, as Hoff, Howard, and Frank are all going with the Rams. I can't believe that Frank, of all people, is going with the Rams in this one. I fully expect a text message from Frank before 5 p.m. on Sunday telling me he wants to change his pick. Yeah. I think Frank is going to be so disgusted with himself that he is going to change that pick on Sunday. I would hope somebody would join me. Joe, you're going to join me, right? I Yeah, damn right I am. It's a home game <laughs> for the 49ers. I'm picking them. Uh, Jason Cole, who's our guest uh, this week, Andy, who we're going to hear from in just a, a few minutes here on the show. Uh, he was disgusted with me when I mentioned that we have four-star quarterbacks left in the conference championship. He stopped me. He goes, Joe, Joe, Joe. Really? Garoppolo? I go, why? He's, he's been to a Super Bowl. Why not? I, he, goes, I yeah, so, he goes, so I is Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson. 
I call him a star. He, he I, I, okay, I refer, he's the face of the franchise. I mean, he's a good looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he could be the face of the franchise. Yeah. It, he, so, it's, you're, you're not wrong. Maybe. It'd be better if it was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, by the way, the whole Rodgers stuff of him uh, saying that the, the people were happy that he lost because of all of his, you know, statements and the vaccination status and everything is such bullshit. It's because of the way that he has turned himself into such a clown show because of all of it. Right. And the stuff that he has said that has just been so over the top and ridiculous because Josh Allen is a really fun player to watch that a lot of people are cheering for. Yeah. And nobody knows if Josh Allen is vaccinated and he has come out and said he's skeptical about the vaccine. You know what, though? He stopped there. He didn't keep going with it. <laughs> right. Or lie. So, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if he so much lied. Just nobody's really asked him or he hasn't really told anyone the truth. He just, eh. yeah. yeah. People are like, you vaccinated? He's like, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I thought about it. <laughs> I've heard about this COVID thing in vaccines. Oh, yeah. So. God. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Or the, the best answer ever is, why do you want to know? <laughs> right. Which, okay. It, it violates my hippo rights. Yeah. Yeah. My hippo rights. Damn it. <sighs> Which people I, are very confused about that, too. <laughs> we are going to uh, take a break here, Andy. Uh, once again, hey, remember, Bootleg and Barbecue, we will be there on a Saturday before the Royal Rumble, giving away uh, tickets to the uh, Royal Rumble. I got four tickets. I got my four tickets to give away to the Royal Rumble. I'm going to be there with the tag team champions, with the uh, technical difficulty, the Glory Pro tag team champions. And we're going to be giving away those tickets, eating some whole hog that they're going to have on the smoker there, having a good old time before the uh, the Rumble starts this weekend. We will, uh, so we have that coming up for you this uh, this Saturday. Hey, we are driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota. Hey, I, I haven't talked to Jamie about this, so I'm probably way over my, my head whatever talking about it have you seen the new 2023 sequoias that have uh that have come out no that they're that they're coming out with no. andy andy they 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 just debuted at the uh yeah they just debuted a new look i'm gonna tell you right now if your wife sees this andy she's probably gonna want you to go buy one i'm screwed yeah it's a it's a nice looking vehicle i i don't even i don't even want to know what it costs I haven't looked at that yet, but hey, Andy, you know what? I bet if you went and you gave Jamie a call and you told him, hey, you know what? I put me on whatever list you need to put me on. Just just do whatever you need to do. And uh, he'll, uh, he'll he'll set you up real nice and he'll get you. Because these things are going to, as soon as they're rolling off the assembly line, they're going to be sold. That's how popular oh, wow. these uh, these things are going, to, uh, are going to be. Did you take a look at it? Oh, wow. Did you take a look at it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh that's wow, a fine, that's a fine looking vehicle, isn't it? That is an. I want one of those for for me, Andy. Right. <laughs> when uh, the first one that Jamie gets in the uh, on the showroom, I'm gonna have uh, make sure that he lets me and Klaibs do a show from inside the new Sequoia. Well, of course you would. <laughs> 
So, hey, Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, sponsors here of Weekend Joe. We take a break. We come back. Jason Cole will uh, NFL Insider talk to us about the games we saw last weekend, the games that are coming up this weekend, and so much more right after this uh, here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota. It's claimsonline.com. This is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, right here on ClavesOnline.com. Hey, have you thought about uh, buying or selling your home here in St. Louis? Well, Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker, he can help you out in doing so. Been selling and buying homes for well, a few decades now. You can call him at 314-503-4999. That's 314-503-4999. That's Kevin Miller with Caldwell Banker Gundaker. Hey, welcome on in to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClavesOnline.com. As I'm being joined now by NFL Insider for Fan Buzz, he is Jason Cole. Jason, it's been a uh, it's been a while, man. Uh, good to uh, talk to you. Likewise, how are you doing, Joe? I'm doing good. I uh, I think a lot of uh, longtime listeners of, uh, of of mine will remember all of the uh, the work that you did during the relocation process uh, so many years ago, with uh, with uh, the Rams leaving St. Louis. And I, before we get into all the games that we we saw last weekend, and we're going to see this weekend, as that went away, you know, we we saw the settlement happen here in in November. How closely did you follow that from a national uh, national standpoint? I was really fascinated because I thought that lawsuit had real teeth to kind of tear open some flesh on the NFL. I'm probably probably making that a little too gruesome sounding. But um, no, I thought that that lawsuit would have been fascinating to uncover a lot of information about the NFL and how it does business. I was really looking forward to um, testimony. you know, the, the interviews that were done already were, were fascinating to me um, about the league. and But that's very insider-ish. So I, I don't think that the public really, at the end of the day, the public care, doesn't care how the sausage is made. I'm fascinated by it. But I think the public is just like, who's playing and when? Do we have a team or not? And ultimately, you know, in St. Louis, the question was, are we going to get some money out of this? Who's, who's getting, you know, are we get, are we getting some comeuppance for getting hoodwinked by uh, Stan Kroenke? And they did. They, you know, they won a fairly sizable victory. It just wasn't the kind of dramatic victory that we all look forward to, where the judge hammers. You know, it's like a, in in a Perry Mason scene where they um, you know hammer it, and you know you pay five billion dollars or whatever it was going to be. That that didn't happen. Because um, cooler heads prevailed. You, you mentioned, yeah, that that my thought process behind, you know, because I would have people from other markets ask, you know, this is such a big deal. Why aren't we hearing about it? And I always said it was, you know, the reason you never, the reason, you know, people in Dallas didn't hear about it was because it didn't affect the Cowboys on the field at all. Nobody cared what no, was going nobody, on with no, football. But yeah, if Jerry Jones would have had to take the stand and open the books and then you started to see, some other things come from that and maybe open some eyes, then yeah, maybe it you grab some attention from it. Right. Look, reporters love depositions. Lawyers love depositions. That would have been fun. 
Um, there were some that were already, there were plenty that were already done and, and leaked out, right? Um, you know, we like trials because there's tension there, right? And that would have been fun. That but it never got to that point. Um, you know, there was a pragmatism that went with this. And at the end of the day, all that lead up pragmatism kind of stuff is just minutiae that's not on the field. So fans don't care about that. They don't care about it until there is actual drama. And again, you know, turn on some legal eagle show, you know, like where people are on the stand and things are uncovered. That has drama. But this other stuff doesn't. And so it never got to that point, unfortunately. That it would have been interesting, but um, it never it never got that far. Any is there any possibility that any relocation in the future could get us as close to kind of a, a peek behind the curtains that this one just did? They'll probably be more careful the next time they go through a relocation. Um, they'll do their more due diligence because this this cost a lot of money um, and a lot of bad publicity. So if Jacksonville is ever going to leave. Um, or some team like that is ever going to leave its city, I think they'll go through um, a very, very, very careful process before they get there. Also, that what they will do is classically what the Rams did in the 80s um, when they went from Los Angeles to St. Louis. They basically killed the product so that nobody cared that the team left. Um, I remember because I grew up a Rams fan in Los Angeles and, you know, effectively once they let, went to Anaheim, you know, like I don't live in Anaheim, you know, we don't care about Anaheim. We don't care about Orange County. That was the first step towards them kind of killing the product. Now they thought that was going to, you know, they, that was killing the product in Los Angeles. What they, what they thought is that they would, you know, become something great in Orange County when that didn't happen then John Shaw, you know, of the Rams, who, you know, nobody probably remembers, did a great job of sort of, you know, dismantling the team and any support for it so that once the Rams were ready to leave, it was like, okay, they're gone. We don't care. That was not the case in St. Louis. You know, when the Rams were going back, the, the city actually cared very deeply and wanted to keep that team. And we're, we're led to believe because of Stan Kroenke's connections in Missouri that he was going to stay. And they they kind of ham-fisted that one. So I think they'll, the NFL, next time they move a team, will be much more careful about it. And now 30-plus years later, uh, the Rams are back in Los Angeles, and they're trying to uh, they're, they're trying to get their own fans to come to the game this weekend and keep, <laughs> <laughs> and keep the 49ers out of it. Before we get into those games, though, have you recovered yet from the four that we watched this past weekend? Oh, uh, it was fantastic. Um, look, four walk-off games, four games where the last play of regulation is a field goal. Um, no, that was that was great drama. Um, yeah, look, if you're Roger Goodell after that weekend, you're sitting there going, oh, this is glorious. You know, like you justify every every ask you have of the networks for the money that you ask on those TV contracts. You justified everything with one weekend, one weekend, yeah. because you give the hope 
that that's what's going to happen year after year after year. And the, you know, the numbers justify it. I mean, we've seen some of the early turnaround numbers on, on the ratings. They're fantastic. And there's really no way to kind of reinvent that. Like there's no rules that they can put in place to kind of reinvent what we just saw this past week. And I don't know if you remember, uh, what was it? 2011, the end of the baseball season, major league baseball season, that last day where it was just, you know, every few minutes, another thing happened, another domino fell. And that created just this amazing drama, which led to the Cardinals getting into the the playoffs and, and going to win a world series. But baseball from there has tried to kind of reinvent that. They've tried to add the wild card game. They've have all the games starting at the same time now on the last day of the season. That was all just, I mean, that that was just manufactured so perfectly this past weekend in the NFL that if we never see anything like it again, there's really no way to recreate it. No, I think March Madness in basketball is the closest thing you get because you've got so many games going on at one time and there's this flurry of events. So I think that's the closest when you can have that many games and that many opportunities. Um, but no, I mean, like you just, they got lucky. And <laughs> we all got, we all got lucky um, to have, to have a day like that. And, and everyone, every once in a while, you know, Jupiter aligns with Mars um, and, and that happens, but no manufacturing it is very, very difficult. And now this, uh, you you have four, you you still have four star quarterbacks that are left in the playoffs. You you had a few that were knocked out, kind of a pass. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. He's been he's made it to a Super Bowl already, and his playoff record is good enough to where you can make the guy. I mean, you can make no, him Joe. a face of the franchise, right? No, Joe. I mean, look, he's gonna get paid, and yeah. And, and he deserves to get paid. I, yeah, I cheer for the kid. I mean, I like him. Uh, you know, this is not personal. I just, like, they win in spite of him in a lot of cases. Now, I, I, I will grant him that the season-ending game against the Rams in Los Angeles, they're down 17 points. He does an amazing job. I, I, you know, hats off to him. But there are still times, it's, it's, you know, when he starts to get outside the pocket and he's looking on the sideline, you're like, oh, here it comes. Here comes that interception. You know, here comes that play where, you know, he's he's going to throw one. So, you know, he is just in critical moments. He misses too often. Um, I say the same thing about Dak Prescott. Um, and that's not to say that they're not good quarterbacks and that you cannot win a Super Bowl. You can win a Super Bowl. But I think it's classically like, Alex Smith or Brad Johnson or Trent Dilfer, they have talent and you can maybe have everything line up for them. If everything is perfect, you can win one Super Bowl with those guys, but they are not quarterbacks who make your franchise better. So they're not guys like Tom Brady who make you competitive year in and year out. They're not Ben Roethlisberger that make you, you know, great year in and year out, not Aaron Rodgers. They make you great year in and year out. Um, it's just not, it's just not, um, it doesn't align that way. So I, I don't really, I don't see Garoppolo anywhere close to that kind of, kind of group. Well, he'll be going up against Matt Stafford this Sunday who slayed Tom Brady, knocked him out in the divisional round of the playoffs, which isn't something a whole lot of, uh, teams can say that they've done during Tom Brady's career. 
are, are we seeing Matt Stafford kind of make his case and kind of solidify himself as a Hall of Fame quarterback? We know the numbers will be there. The numbers that he has compiled in Detroit will put him in that conversation. Where would winning a Super Bowl put put a guy like Matt Stafford? I kind of look at Stafford as a little bit more of a wild version of, of Philip Rivers. Yep. That Okay. Would the is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? It's close. Like, you know, Dan Fouts is in the Hall of Fame. Um, Philip Rivers is along those lines. I mean, you, you start comparing careers, it's similar like that. Matt Stafford, yeah, I think he needs uh, he needs a Super Bowl ring to hope to be considered. Um, because I also look at Eli Manning and I know a lot of people think Eli Manning is an automatic Hall of Famer, you know, for two Super Bowl victories. And I see the argument, but I'm uncomfortable with the totality of his career. Because I always say about Eli Manning, he's a guy who played a lot of games as if he just rolled out of you know bed on a Saturday morning at the frat house um, after a mega kegger the night before, right? Like, you know, you didn't know what you were always going to get with Eli Manning. Matt Stafford, it's not quite that level, but it's close. And and some of that is, look, he was lionized, um, you know, not in the truest sense of that word, but in the sports sense of yeah. that word. Um, you know, when you play in Detroit, your your career your career gets killed. Okay, um, he was able to, you know, able to finally escape it, and maybe we give him credit for that, and gets the Rams, and he gets that Super Bowl title. Yes, that's a great qualifier for possibly getting into the Hall of Fame. So uh, that's uh, that's your NFC matchup for that uh, for that weekend. And when you look at the Rams as a whole, you know, we're, you you came here to St. Louis. You came here during that last season to see what was going on here in town. You were here for that ketchup and mustard game, the uh, the final home game of the uh, <laughs> 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 the dome. <laughs> you. You saw the team that the Rams were putting out there in this mm-hmm. final in the final year here in St. Louis. And now you look, I mean, you we we know how good Aaron Donald is. We we you know, we saw that here in St. Louis, but you have Von Miller, you have Odell Beckham, you have Cooper Cup, you have Matt Stafford, you have all of these, you have um who's the uh, they, 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 look, they 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 got that big stack of chips and they pushed them. Yeah. Up. Right. Yeah, they have. Look, Stan Kroenke's under pressure now. For the first time in Stan Kroenke's sports-owning career, you know, whether that's in hockey, basketball, uh, football, you know, even – I mean, the Premier League, he's had a little rougher go of it, okay, because those fans have really gotten on him they, quite a bit. Yeah, they do not like him over there. No, they don't. But he, but he's insulated by distance from that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you know, like, okay, that's a problem, but it's, you know, 7,000 miles away. I don't, you know, like, like go let somebody else deal with it. Um, L.A. is a different thing because he's pushed his chips in. He pushed in financially on this one to make not only have the Rams be good, but to have that stadium be the center of a revitalization of that Inglewood area. And there's, you know, there's economic development in that area that is directly tied to his pocketbook. Like it's a super legacy issue for him. 
But above all, there is, you're in Los Angeles, dude. Um, you're competing with the Lakers. You're competing with the Dodgers, USC football, UCLA basketball. Um, you're dealing with titans of sports. Um, and you're coming from a, a place where, look, the Rams have this long and storied history in LA, but it's a long and storied, boring history. Um, there, where like they didn't have a whether their only titles like 1946 um, before anybody can really remember anything. Um, they never captured the hearts uh, and and passion of the city ever. Um, your typical Rams fan um, looks like me. It's a middle-aged white guy who grew up in the, who lives and grew up in the valley, um, not heart of the city. Um, tough people who, you know, lived in the Crenshaw district or even people who lived downtown, and, you know, over on the West side, you know, sort of the heart of Los Angeles. It's not that kind of crowd. Um, you know, it's, and, and that was, you know, we can go over a, a lot of reasons why that exists, but they still have never captured that city. And now they're basically two generations removed from, from that, I think there aren't a lot of Rams fans in Los Angeles. There aren't a lot of tried and true Rams fans, which is why the 49ers basically their fans owned the that last game of the season. You know, they came in there and they bought up a bunch of tickets and there's still that fear that they will do the same thing because no matter what you can say, Rams fans don't really exist. I have this argument with Sam Farmer of the LA Times a lot. Sam grew up in Los Angeles just like I did. Um, but I, there has never been that kind of passion for the Rams ever. What is that? What is SoFi going to sound like on on Sunday? Hey, what do you? Oh, what do you be, I mean, look, it's going to be loud. It's going to be fun. I mean, like, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, you're, it's an NFC Championship game with the Super Bowl on the line. I mean, they'll they'll be passionate for that game. It just doesn't come from a place of history. It's not like going to a Red Sox game or a Cardinals game, you know, Cardinals baseball game in St. Louis. Where you've got three, you know, you got grandpa, you got grandpa, dad, and kid, who are all, you know, fans of the team and have been for fifty or sixty years, right? Like that doesn't exist in Los Angeles. Someday it might, but it doesn't exist now, and it takes a long time. And that's what, you know, that's that's what most owners never get. Most no owners never understand the fact that this is a long term play. Okay, and you know, to to really capture the hearts and minds of people, it has to be generational. So, on the other side, the AFC Championship game, we we already saw what I think is the AFC Championship game between the Bills and the and the Chiefs. I, I thought going into that, the winner of that game was off to the Super Bowl, uh, but. You know what? Joe Burrow just keeps winning. He he keeps winning big games. He did it in college. He's doing it now in the playoffs in the NFL. When you look at when you look at Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, is Joe Burrow going to be next? Are we going to have a nice trio of uh, of young star QBs for the next decade? Well, God, I hope so because we've got a bunch of them retiring, don't we? So yeah, we need quarterbacks in this league. I mean, look, Patrick's already there. Josh Allen. He's not quite Mahomes' level, but he's not far behind. Um, and, and Burrow just, you know, he's a latter-day version of Joe Montana, right? Um, 
and they put weapons around it. They put really good weapons. And Joe Burrow, less than a month ago, beat Kansas City in Cincinnati, right? A very impressive game. So, yeah, Joe Burrow has arrived. I think that that game serves, you know, two ways. I think it makes the Cincinnati believe that they can win this game, which is important. But I also think worse for Cincinnati, it makes Patrick Mahomes angry. Because Patrick Mahomes, an angry Patrick Mahomes, and not angry necessarily, but focused Patrick Mahomes, when he feels like his place, his pedestal is being challenged, that's where he like raises his game just another level. Um, and as long as the people around him are healthy and ready to go, not like the Super Bowl last year, um, where he just, you know, he didn't have he didn't have enough help. But as long as everybody's healthy around him, I think he rises to that occasion. And I think he looks back at that game less than a month ago and says, I'm not going to let that second half happen. So we scored 27 points in the first half. And we only scored three in the second half. We let that team come back on us. We let that team back in. We're going to go and we're going to crush them this time. Um, any better in some respects because, look, we've seen the, the Chiefs pass defense. If they can't get pressure on Burrow um, with their front four, if they're leaving it to the, back, to the guys in the back end, I mean, this game's going to be possibly in the 40s. It's. It seems like the Bengals. It's you know they're they're maybe a year or two too early when they're there that they're that they're ahead of schedule for that. Maybe. So it's yeah, just kind of throwing it all out there and saying hey, whatever happens happens. Yeah, but they're look, they're a year ahead of schedule because they were really smart to go get Chase, who had already worked with Burrow, right? So you've got a guy who's on page your number one receiver and your most talented receiver in a very good receiving core because they've got Boyd and they've got Higgins. But your number one receiver knows the quarterback so intimately. That sped up the process. It was a really – I don't even know if they know how smart that pick was, right, um, because everybody's talking about take the left tackle. Now, they're a year ahead because they still haven't fixed the offensive line enough to really make that team truly explosive. And so they'll have an opportunity this offseason to do that and to really make them, you know, send them even further. But, look, they're there with their weapons. They're, you know, like between those three receivers, Burrow, and you've got Mixon back there and Uzama at, at tight end, like you've got all the weapons that you need to run a great offense that can win a Super Bowl. The question is, is it, are those weapons and everything else enough to cover for weak offensive line um, defense that is suspect at certain times, you know, it has pretty decent pass rush, but the back end can be had those kind of things. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We, uh, well, okay. So three, three of the four quarterbacks stars in the, uh, in the league this weekend, one of the, uh, you mentioned all the quarterbacks retiring. One of your most recent articles on, uh, on fanbuzz.com is about the 2022 hall of fame class and who's going to be going in. It's, it's interesting to look ahead and see that there's a possibility this year. We could see Brady retire, Roethlisberger retire and Aaron Rodgers all step away from the game. That'd make a hell of a class in a, uh, what, five, six years from now. Well, yeah, five years from now, um, if those three retire, um, pretty much it's a very short discussion. Yeah. Like we can just go, 
just okay we got those three who's gets the last two spots are you in the uh, room for that are you are you on the I am a, yeah I'm, I'm a selector I'm, I'm one of the selectors uh which is why i put so much effort into that survey that i do um and yeah like last year when we had manning and woodson and calvin johnson you know the two of those discussions were very simple obviously you know peyton manning is just peyton manning Charles Woodson was pretty much just Charles Woodson. There was a little discussion. There was a fair amount of discussion about um, Calvin Johnson. Um, and I think that has much had to do with, okay, we can all recognize Calvin Johnson as a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he's not Peyton Manning. He's not Charles Woodson either, right? So it was sort of like, okay, he's above all these other guys, but he's not quite there. So, you know, he fits in this sort of middle ground. So that's why I say there was this discussion about Calvin Johnson. I remember, you know, I remember talking to a couple of people about it. Um, and it made, but it made really tough for the, the last two spots because we had, you know, basically 12 guys left over for two spots. That's what, if you fast forward to five years from now, again, if you get Brady Rogers, um, and Roethlisberger, I'm trying to think there was, I thought there was one other player in this year who might retire, who might make it complicated. It's, it's escaping me at the moment. Um, yeah, the discussion, the, what happens is the real focus of the discussion becomes the other 12 guys. Mm -hmm. That's that's where it shifts. It's not even about the 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 obvious guys. So I know, you know this year locally, uh, everyone will have their eyes on Torrey Holt uh, because after Calvin Johnson, he's at one level. And then you have a lot of receivers that are at that level below where Calvin Johnson was and Torrey Holt's in that uh, in that discussion there. He'll a uh, finalist once again for uh, for the Hall of Fame. And where where do you rank it? How do you I mean, what goes into that conversation to uh, to figure that out? Well, if you look at my survey. Um, which again is 352 former players, current and former executives, current and former coaches. Among those 352 are 21 Hall of Famers. I don't name them, but you know it's a pretty good it's a pretty good list that I've I've put together over all these years. Um, like I, if you look at the results of that, it's hard to sort them out. Reggie Wayne was number number one among them. Tory was two, but he was only like. 10 votes behind Reggie. And then Andre Johnson was like another 10 votes behind Tory. Like it's hard to sort out that group within it. It's really, really difficult um, to figure out which one should go in. But what we end up with is, yeah, it's big log jam because there's other receivers who are behind those guys. Like there's Steve Smith, um, you know, from Carolina and Baltimore, who was a terrific player. Well, you know, I love him. You know, Heinz Ward, who gets a lot of support, obviously, you know, from, you know, Steeler Nation. And um, I think there's one other guy and I can't recall who it is. I mean, we're going to end up with probably four or five of those guys are going to end up in the finalists year after year after year. And it's going to take probably three to four years to get through those groups, especially when, as we just talked about, there could be two or three obvious first ballot guys who come up next year or certainly within the next two to three years. And then you have the interesting discussion of Devin Hester as far as a, he's not a, a not a really true position. I mean, he's going into the Hall of Fame because of he's his returnability. Yeah. His, yeah. I mean, like, we had a great discussion about Devin Hester. 
it's fascinating because he is so far ahead of anybody else, okay, who did that job. You know, he's ahead of Billy White Chief Johnson, he's ahead of Brian Mitchell. Name anybody you want, Eric Metcalf, any, you know, and I'm talking about the St. Louis Cardinals, Eric Metcalf, right? Not, not as, you know, or is it Terry? Not, I always get the Metcalfs uh, confused, but. Terry um, Metcalf, yeah, that's who you're. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and his son was, his son was a great returner as well. I mean, but, but like there's those guys and then there's Devin Hester, right? It's not even close, right? No. It's not. And Devin Hester was the kind of guy that, you know, when you're at a game and you're covering a game, it's like, okay, I need to go to the bathroom. I want to grab a, a soda. There's a punt. Well, I'll go. I'll go grab something. When when Devin Hester was returning, you never did that. You're mm -hmm. like, this is the reason I come to watch the Bears. I can like, I don't need to watch the Bears offense most of the time. That's when I can get a soda or go to the bathroom. I'm waiting for the you know, or I'm I'm waiting for the the punt return, the kick return team, so I can see Hester. At the same time. Devin Hester wasn't a receiver. He never figured it out. I mean, they tried. He couldn't do it. And that, to me, is a mark against him a little bit. Because if I'm going to compare him to guys who got on the field full-time, full who proved it, Holt proved it. Reggie Wayne proved it. Andre Johnson proved it. They could play full-time. Devin Hester proved that he couldn't play full-time. So I'm bothered by that a little bit. Um, I, you know, The other thing is, okay, and Steve Smith is a great example of this. Steve Smith was uh, was a really great return man, but he was so good that he that they wanted to put him on offense full time, and he, they turned him into a wide receiver. And so instead of being a return guy, they're saying, "Look, we're going to save you, and we'll go have somebody else return." What happens with a guy who's better at a full time job? Who, if we had let him become a full time returner, might have been everything that that you know Devin Hester was. Now that's a little bit more hypothetical, mm -hmm. and so it's not as great an argument, you know, to against Devin Hester, and there really isn't a great argument against Devin Hester other than, you know, he couldn't play wide receiver. Um, I think that Devin Hester, you know, is going to make the Hall of Fame at some point in time. It might be this year. It could be in the future. So it was a great discussion. He finished number five on my on my survey. Um, but it's, it, it, it's, it's difficult to sort out. I mean, he, 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 but he was, and this is the one most, the, the best thing you can say about Devin Hester. He was the best to ever do it by far at that job. He is Jason Cole. And Jason, when I see you in, uh, in Los Angeles here in a few weeks, uh, what two teams are going to be, uh, going heading that way for Sunday's game? Um, I think it's going to be, I picked LA and Kansas city. I just think Patrick Mahomes is going to be geeked up for this week. He's going to get him through it. I think that like the Rams scare me because they just do so many, you know, like, I mean, they were trying so hard to give away that game to the Bucks um, with four fumbles. And the one that drove me the craziest was the shotgun snap uh, in the fourth quarter with about nine minutes left because you know, Sean McVay just, they got a two-score lead. They're up 14 points at that point in time. They get a turnover. They get a fumble out of Tom Brady. They get the ball back. And Sean McVay calls for a shotgun play with no with nobody in the backfield. Like, look, dude, at least show the run. 
Like this is the time when you're supposed to be running clock, show the run. And so it just, it makes me think that this team hasn't thought out the obvious things that you're supposed to do. And it's going to find a way to give this game away against a great defensive team. And it's particularly a great defensive front. But at the same time, I think like the Rams are just too hot right now offensively they're going to come up with 24 to 27 points in this game and i don't see jimmy garoppolo being able to get him there and i look they the the 49ers did a great job in green bay but when you win a game when you block a kick and then you block a punt and return it for a touchdown that's that's as random a game as you're ever going to have ever see happen right like it just that doesn't duplicate itself very often maybe i'm wrong on that 49ers have been terrific this season and they they have some statistical numbers that really support them but between the quarterback and some of their other liabilities um i just think the rams come out of that one so rams rams and chiefs it'll be a repeat of that uh, that regular season game from what was it 2019 Oh, that the game was, that was uh, the the one that was supposed to be in Mexico, right? Yeah, yeah, and that just that turned to be so wild. I mean, that was so much. That game was so much fun. Um, maybe maybe it becomes like that. That would be a great great Super Bowl. The old Governor's Cup. That's uh, that's what we we called it here when they would meet in the preseason every yeah. uh, every season uh, when it was St. Louis against Kansas City. The uh, the the fight for the Governor's Cup. What is that? What is it? I eighty? I eighty? Is that the, the connects? Seventy. Seventy. I seventy. So yeah, be the the I seventy series. Um, but in little, LA, this a little time. further. Yeah, a little further extended. A little, little further. Yeah, <laughs> add I ten in there as well. Yeah. Jason, thank you so much. I will see you in a few weeks. All right. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Joe. Be good. You're listening to Weekend Joe here on ClaybesOnline.com, sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body. Collinsville Auto Body is at 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. And hey, they will work with most insurance providers to get you back on the road fast. If you're in a collision with a deer or anything else, uh, Collinsville Auto Body will help you out, as I can speak to from past experience. Plus, I've known the family that's owned Collinsville Auto Body for at least the past 20 years now, maybe even even longer. And I can tell you that it's good people doing great work at Collinsville Auto Body, 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville, another fine sponsor here of Weekend Joe. Hey, welcome back in. Final segment here. Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. Munganass Alton Toyota. Clavesonline.com. Little rejoin music, Andy. I like it, Joe. We New little it. feature that StreamYard throws out there for us. I miss hearing things like, oh, uh, what's the one? Dang, I can't think of it. All right, I'll think of it here in a minute. Okay. Space Hog in the meantime. Oh yeah, that that song was playing the other day, uh, and I, I I sent a picture of it. It was on my radio, and I sent it to uh, Grover, and I said that I think this this right here. I loved it when we had that rejoin when we played that for the rejoin music. Oh yeah, it was the, good uh, back in the day. That was one of my favorite ones that we uh, we did. Hey, weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis actor, Munganass Alton Toyota, Andy. So next week on the show, next week on the show, Ross Tucker uh, from Westwood One does uh, sideline reporting, former NFL player. Uh, he will be on the show. 
talking about the AFC NFC championship games. We will, uh, we'll talk with Ross Tucker next week and we'll have that video of that interview up on YouTube. Same way uh, the interview with Jason Cole up on YouTube. So I'm putting those interviews up on Thursday, Andy, and then yep. Friday is, uh, is when you can listen to them as part of this radio program. So that's uh, what we have. It's going to be, we're going to have a lot of video coming up Super Bowl week. Andy, uh, it'll be a Super Bowl week coming up uh, February. So I will be out there February 5th through February 13th out at Super Bowl XVI. XVI is uh, the Super Bowl for uh, 50, for this year. That's 56, Joe. That is 56. And uh, that, of course, sponsored by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota. Also sponsored by Trikin Consulting, Kevin Miller, Caldwell Banker Gundark, a bootleg and barbecue in Western Illinois University uh, sponsor of Super Bowl week. A uh, lot going on all week long out there. Andy, we got to wrap up the show for uh, for tonight, uh, for today, for this weekend, for whatever. We have to wrap things up. So here, I, Andy, I'm going to have music for you. I'm going to put music under the crack slippers intro. I have, I have to sneeze. Hang on a second. Oh, okay. <sighs> I'm good, Joe. Okay, bless you. Bless Thank you. you. All right, Andy, if you would. Joe. Some stories aren't just aren't meant to hit the mainstream news. We pick those stories up here on Weekend Show. These are the crack slippers. Joe Roderick. ClaysOnline.com. That's nice. That's nice. Do I, do Andy, I, I, I meant to uh... I change that up a little bit? No, nah, I, I don't care. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You went slower with the music. Yeah. I, I could just, I could right. throw you a different song every every week and we can see how you do with that. I do want to get, throw out congratulations uh, to our winner of the floor seats. Uh, listener Ryan Reynolds won those, uh, won those floor seats last week. He knew that the password was Jabroni. Yeah. Uh, when I, I could see us playing password for future shows here as we, uh, was it, as we was, it su- was it successful and easy? I think so. I do. I think that was. I think that was a pretty easy uh, way to get people uh, get people involved with uh, with that. So, yeah, uh, congratulations to him. Uh, enjoy the floor seats for the Royal Rumble on Saturday, Andy. Um, this is more not so much crack slippers, Andy. I'm introducing big news, breaking news. Um, we, we are going to add a new show. We are going to add a new show to the mix to the roster. Here on uh, on Claves Online, that's going to be part of Weekend Joe. Andy, it's it's a spinoff to Weekend Joe. It's like the uh, empty nest to the Golden Girls, right? Or Joey to Friends. Whoa, Frazier to Cheers. No, 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 no. That was Joey to Blossom. That different Joey. This is Joey Tribbiani. Andy, the uh, the show, the podcast that we are adding in here, we <laughs> are going to be get to debut next week. It is the nice sized food review. It is, uh, yeah. We we are going to add more food review podcasts to the uh, to the show. Do you like the? I, I'm showing you right now. I'm showing you the artwork, Andy. Do you like the artwork for the nice sized food review? I mean, it's no D Bear work, but yeah, I like it. What do you mean? That's no D D Bear wishes he could make something like <laughs> this for a podcast that is about my fat ass eating food every week. It's no D Bear, but I like it. It, it gets the point across. And I love that it's called Nice Size Food Review. 
Yeah, thank Corey Inskip for that name. Uh, yeah, Corey Inskip was the the, uh, the genius behind a nice-sized food review. <laughs> I wish that I would have thought of it. I'm very upset that I didn't. It just, I mean, within seconds of me texting him saying, I need, I, I want to, I want a name for this. And he immediately texted back, how about a nice size podcast? And I was like, boom, nice size food review. We got it. Yeah. I mean, it's perfect. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's part of your, it's part of your identity at this point. Exactly. Nice exactly. Andy. So next week, next week, we have uh, one of two. Uh, we're we're going to do, we're, so you and I are going to record a few of these because we, we need to have a few of these with how crazy of a month uh, February is going to be. Andy, we are going to have two options, maybe more, for next week's first ever Nice Size Food Review podcast. Right. Uh, first off, this was big news. Huge news. The amount of people that I had send this to me is very unhealthy. <laughs> luckily, Andy, luckily, you only sent them to me. Nobody <laughs> else sent them to me. It shows you the people see this and they go, oh, look at this disgusting food. I need to send it to Joe. Right. Joe would like this. Right. He would eat this. <laughs> Andy, Joe, he'll eat anything. McDonald's is introducing menu hacks. Things that people have been putting together for years. You can now order off the app. And Andy, next week, we are going to eat one of them here on the show and uh, put that video up on YouTube. Andy, they're introducing four menu items. Four menu items. One of those menu items is the hash brown McMuffin, which I feel like everybody has done this. I've never done it. I, I, every time I have said that to somebody, that's been their response is they've never done it. I have eaten an egg McMuffin and I've eaten cool. a hash brown, but I've never put, in, I've never put a hash brown hmm. on the egg McMuffin. Huh. I think it would be too hot. I'd burn my mouth. Well, that's what it is. It's a sausage egg McMuffin. You put the hash brown in there too. I think it gives it a nice crunchy, uh, crunchy uh, bite. I imagine it'd be it would be quite delicious. The other one, Andy. This one I feel like would be the best of all of them. It is the crunchy double. Combines a double cheeseburger on a bed of chicken nuggets covered in a tangy barbecue sauce. I feel like that would be delightful. I think that would be pretty good because I do enjoy a chicken McNugget. However, I only like it with hot mustard. Andy, the surf and turf. It's a, a double cheeseburger with a filet of fish in the middle of it. Nice. In, in the middle of the two patties. I like that deep sea double from rallies. And Andy, the uh, here's the one that we're going to be eating on the air next week. Or I'm going to be eating on the air. It's your choice if you want to eat one yourself. I, I'm thinking about grabbing one. The land, air, and sea. Yep. Andy, it's a Big Mac, a McChicken, and a filet of fish all in one sandwich. Yep. Andy, I've so seen. this will have, so it goes, bun, mayonnaise, lettuce, McChicken patty, burger patty, pickles, secret sauce, lettuce, bun, filet of fish with tartar sauce, meat, the, the burger patty, 
cheese, special sauce, lettuce, bun. It sounds incredible. Andy, that burger. 1,330 calories. Shut up. <laughs> you know what? You know what's sickening? What? I think that's less than a Sonic bacon double cheeseburger. Oof. Andy, when I follow my my fitness pal and try to follow it for the day, yeah, I usually will allow myself somewhere between fifteen hundred and eighteen hundred calories a day. Yep. This is yeah, thirteen thirty. I Joe, I think that's gonna be all that you're gonna be able to eat that day, unless you uh, unless you go burn two hundred somewhere so you can like have a protein shake or something. Yeah, <laughs> sixty nine grams total fat. Oh, 124 grams of carbs. Yeah, how much sodium? Andy, I can tell you how much sodium. 2,150 <laughs> milligrams of so of uh, sodium. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> God, maybe we should. Maybe we should. Maybe we should go live next week together and just split one. That way we don't kill each other. Not splitting one. You're not going to split one, huh? No. This would be all me next week. I'm sitting here and I'm eating one. All right. I'll go grab one too. Andy, also next week, on uh, starting on February 1st, Walmart will start to sell Little Debbie's ice cream. No. Seven different flavors. Oatmeal cream pie. Cosmic Yum. runny. Zebra cake. Honey buns. Strawberry shortcake rolls, Swiss rolls, and nutty bars. Now, I know which one Mrs. Hampton would go for first. That would be the cosmic brownie ice cream. I will. Uh, so as soon as we get our hands on these, we will do a uh, food review, a nice size food review of the zebra cake. I, that's the one I'm going to be doing one of zebra cakes. I would probably go zebra cakes as well. Yeah. And then uh, from there, I'd go Swiss rolls next. Boy, the Swiss roll is really an underrated treat. Mm-hmm. Then probably the nutty bar because it has peanut butter in it. No, the, the nutty bar goes last because it's just shit. Really? It's not a good treat. I, I mean, just the peanut butter ice cream is what's going to do it for me. Yeah. So there yeah. we go, Andy. That is what we have for you uh, next week. And maybe once a week we will uh, we'll be doing that. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to is that uh, part of Weekend Joe or is it a separate show? We will add those reviews into Weekend Joe, but the video portion will be on its own the same way we did with the Taco Bell wings. Gotcha. Well, I'll get my I'll get my lighting fixed around here then. Yeah. That's uh so it'll have it'll be its own uh, own thing because that way too if you're not available and I need to do a food review, I could just pop I could just uh knock one out. Okay. Uh, for the video purposes and then we don't need that to uh to weekend joe it'll just be kind of a hit and miss type of uh type of thing so that's what we have to uh look forward to here over the uh and then and then plus the food reviews andy i mean i'm gonna be going to la i'm gonna be eating there i'm gonna be at the daytona 500 eating there you gave me the idea earlier today i need to stop it at bucky's on my drive home and do a uh food review absolutely you do so I'm going to be all over the place, um, eating food and uh, uh, just having a uh, and being able to post content there and the Instagram page. Joe Rod loves food, right? So yeah, 2022, the year Joe gets fat again. No, 
I kid you not, one of my friends sent me the uh, the picture of the uh, of the McDonald's today, and then and then said, "You better run a lot next week." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. Be, I'm looking forward to it. We're gonna have to up those uh, up those miles. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Andrew, I will see you Friday night. Uh, hey, if any of you are going out to see uh, any of the shows this week, yeah. say hi when you uh, when you see us and we'll. Uh, yeah, I'll be right up by the stage at both Ric Flair and uh, Eric Bischoff and Jeff Jarrett. So, yeah, don't be scared to say hi if you uh, if you feel so inclined. I may be we busy. Will... So I may be busy, so don't feel like I'm trying to short you. I'm going to just be busy trying to get shit set up and working and so i'm well aware yeah i, I yeah. talked to you enough i don't need to i i don't need to i don't need to converse with you there i'm i have your number i'm we're, right. we're good <laughs> oh, no, I'm talking, i was talking to the listeners oh okay How you know yeah all right andy i will see you uh hopefully everybody has a hell of a weekend we will talk to you yep. next week right here on weekend joe driven by munganass st louis acura munganass olden toyota Hey, we are on ClabesOnline.com. St. Louis Acura was the number one Acura dealer in Missouri in 2021, and we were the 17th in the nation for Acura sales volume. We sell over 100 pre-owned vehicles monthly, and we service all of the makes and models that we sell. We are waiting for verification of our 30th Acura Precision Team Award, the only dealer in the nation with so many awards for customer satisfaction and dealership performance. We have 300 pre-owned vehicles in stock right now. St. Louis Acura, better than ever for you.